mic test real fast. I'm coming in. Leah, how are you just sounding? You tell me. Am I sounding all right? You could get a little closer. Ooh, really? Okay. I was good a moment ago, right? Now you're okay again. Yeah. No, you sound okay. good. And Ed. Kevin, you're a little Ed. you're a little soft. Okay. I'll get closer. Sounds good. And this is Ed. Yeah. Cool. Right. All right. And off we go. Welcome to No Percentage Review Crew. This is episode number 33. I'll be your host today. My name is Kevin Gossett. I am the LA Reviews Editor for No Presidium. On today's show, we have... Edward Milchrist, uh, New York City correspondent. Leah Davis, uh, New York... New, ooh, New York. I'm taking over for you. <laughs> uh, New England correspondent and immersive addict. And Noah Nelson, uh, publisher and host of the No Pro Podcast. So before we get into today's show, I want to do a quick reminder that we uh, started a No Pro Book Club. So that kicks off with Snow Crash, which uh, by Neil Stevenson, which is Metaverse has been in the news. So we wanted to explore its origins. It's actually the 30th anniversary of that book, as it turns out. So I think it'll be shut interesting. Up, shut up. Shut <laughs> up. Shut <laughs> up. So we'll uh, we'll really be able to see like um, what people thought the internet might be like 30 years ago and uh, how accurate. It's exactly or how it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe the metaverse is not uh, not the way it should be, but you know, senseless shopping malls uh, where you can buy stuff that you could just walk outside—that's the metaverse. It's accurate. Fair enough. So. so we'll be reading that by March fifteenth, and that night we'll have a discussion in the No Pro Discord. Stay tuned for a time on that. Um, most of us will try to be around that day, so we can have a big old discussion about the No Crash. We're going to kick today's show off with a uh, remote immersive experience called En Route. Uh, Noah and I both did this last Friday. I actually didn't realize Noah was going to be in the audience that night, and I stumbled into him in the show. I didn't know you were going to be there either, so that was great. It was a fun little uh, encounter. So it is a uh, show where audience members are on a spaceship. You're traveling to a new planet. You've been awoken from cryosleep mysteriously, and you need to figure out what's going on. Um, you move a character around a virtual ship, kind of think Among Us um, in actually a couple of different ways. It's kind of you walk around that way. And there is some voting components. Um, and it's on a custom built platform that uses proximity audio and video to connect you with the other participants and actors. So you can kind of see them as you get close and hear um, what they're talking about and what's going on. So Noah, can you actually get a little bit more into how the show kind of functioned on the standard like stuff? Yeah, so this one's interesting because it is a relatively large scale. I, I mean, I think we probably interacted with about 15 people on and off uh, when it came to audience members, and there were three live actors. Uh, but I think there were even more people who weren't turning their video on. There were a lot of characters wearing that. I felt like there was like maybe 30 people in the show. Yeah, I think I would have guessed like 30 to 40. Yeah. Um, so this is like a large scale um experience it is it has it has a pretty solid act structure um it starts off with about a six minute video that kind of sets the stakes that's really well done it's well paced when i saw that it was six minutes i was like yikes but it didn't grow that too and then i think encountered the same thing where it wasn't a it wasn't yeah. as bad as i thought it would be yeah no like like i was absolutely shocked like they they got just enough exposition did a good job of setting out what the stakes of, of the game as we were going to play it were. And then 
uh, proceeded to go through a series of uh, phases where basically acts or rounds. You had time to explore. You had time to talk to the one of the three actors or all three of the actors if you wanted to do that. Uh, you could click around the space that would give you some information that might be pertinent uh, to the situation. Other things felt like it was just lore and flavor text. Um, and then there was uh, every X number of minutes, there would be a vote on a question. Uh, sometimes you'd get a good, um, uh, nice warning in terms of like the countdown would begin and like when the actors would pop up on like the all channel and say, hey, this is what's going to happen next figure out what you want to do and you'd have conversations with people around you uh, serendipitously. I was so glad to find you. And then there's one gal we didn't know also just started talking to us. So suddenly we were forming like a little group spontaneously, but the seed of it was like the connection you and I had. Mm -hmm. uh, and that just lather, rinse, repeat uh, each time a new round started, new wrinkles were given, you got new information um, and then by the end of it, there was sort of a, a final uh, multiple choice possibility uh, that that led to you know one of uh, one of you know a few different outcomes. I'm trying to stay a little spoiler light here, uh, and that's that was that was the nut of it. Um, really solid in terms of its fundamentals. Um, good, you know, solid acting. You know, like it's like. In, in the Zoom era, you know, there's there's a certain type of performance that you get, uh, and this was right up that alley. The uh, kind of joy of it was, because it was a proximity chat thing, you kind of like, you know, eavesdrop a little. That's the fun part about this stuff. By having these proximity video audio chats, you can do the whole uh, eavesdropping on people in a space routine that I think is uh, one of the great advantages for immersive design. And... Um, yeah, like uh, not not necessarily from a narrative standpoint, uh, super deep, um, but uh, but but fairly fairly solid. Uh, Kevin, did this feel more like an escape room or a narrative piece to you? So I've been kind of trying to think about that. I don't know where I land. I guess it a little more escape roomy, and then I was I was thinking even more about it. It was like this almost actually feels like arcane on a virtual platform mm. where it's kind of like some fetch questy stuff there's some immersive stuff there's some kind of like you're interacting with the other players in the space and it felt like a, a sort of version of that almost um and i was wondering kind of if, if that made sense to you or that kind of like picked up on some of those same vibes yeah i mean there's there's something really you're right it feels like the way arcane sort of felt like a large-scale one-shot larp uh, and for those who don't know, we're talking about Arcane. It was the secret cinema uh, activation, paid activation for uh, League of Legends Arcane that was here in Los Angeles a couple of months ago and was like the highlight of a lot of our years. Yeah. Um, that uh, that formula is definitely in here. Um, and I think that also made, you know, I thought they did a really good job of onboarding us into what the situation was going to be. Mm -hmm. But I got to say, like, and I think there was a lot of conversation afterwards, like the stakes weren't so contrasted that, um, like, I understand the idea of like wanting to like make the choices be ambiguous enough 
that you're not really sure what the right thing to do is. But I sort of feel like by the end of it, it was pretty clear what the right thing to do was. Like all signs pointed to, well, this is what the the good ending is. And I was a little disappointed in that because there's there's something to be said for raising the stakes on the different options in a multiple choice narrative test and then letting the factions, letting the audience actually argue it out. And I and, wish it had a little more teeth that way. Yeah, and I think they, the three characters that you mostly interact with throughout the show do a kind of good job of, of setting their intentions, but it also is it's pretty clear that they're all flawed characters. And then there's kind of some other information you learn about another character who may or may not be present that I think is is a little bit more unambiguous about their intention. So it kind of, I think that's probably what, what we were all picking up on. And I think the audience did too, is kind of drifted more towards that, that other option without kind of, cause it was like, Oh, like you're saying, it's like, Oh, that one's the clear, like, is that one the better option? It seems like because none of these options seem great. Like there's all a clear downside here to something. Um, so I, one of the reasons why I like I post that question about escape room or a narrative piece was because I was observing what some of the other audience members were doing, and there were there was even at the end like there was like one guy who like seemed to like zero in on the idea that it was like like an escape room, and seemed to like not get that we had like made a selection yes. that was a valid selection, the, and seemed to be straight. confused. And and I was, did you have any interactions with like people who weren't me? That that made you had a sense that like some of the audience members might be lost, or was it, or were people kind of really grokking what was going I on? I think it was just that that one guy because I actually felt like we started off with that the one woman who we like started interacting with, and then found a few other people, and it seemed like they all really understood it. I think um, uh, Bruce, I think he he's kind of I recognize that name from some of the um, immersive stuff, and he was he was in there, and I think there's some other kind of people he kind of recognized. So it's like. A lot of people seemed bought into the concept and understood kind of what we were doing, but there was yeah a couple of people that seemed like maybe they didn't like the, the show had ended and they're still asking like, can we make this choice? I was like, uh, what? What do you think? About <laughs> can, can we make, can we do this thing? Like, what happens now? And it's like, well, yeah, that was a funny thing. Like, some people were like, oh, like I'm not sure what happens. Like, they just said X. You know, like we <laughs> were just over, told. <laughs> you know, we were just told what was going to happen. But but I think that was also a thing though. Like there were moments even at the end where we we're told something was going to happen, but we were also kind of told something else. And yes. so it was like, it was a little, it was a little actually that's, ambiguous. To be fair to that guy, there is like, there was a, it seemed like they left a thread to go like follow up on and then it, the show just kind of ended and it was a little, little weird that we never really yeah. came back to that. But I think in terms of the, the fundamental structures of what they did, because they, they've, they've definitely taken on a lot in terms of what it is they're doing, because there's not only the narrative structure. But they have custom built this platform, which uh, is a little bit wild because there are some platforms that do similar things to this platform. Almost to the point where, like, you, I said, they're going like, oh, maybe other than for aesthetic reasons, why isn't this in Gather? Because um, Gather does a lot of this stuff. But the funny thing being that there's certain aesthetic things that are doing that really worthwhile for it not being in gather like this is a little bit more like a 2.5d video game look than gathers pixel art look right and so if that's what you're kind of going for but in terms of the this the and in terms of like the interaction design pretty solid but 
the narrative design, the stakes, I just wanted a little more, I wanted to be a little more contrasted in order, and also heightened, you know, and, and maybe these are some of that stuff is in the lore and it's just kind of unclear. There were a couple of times when it felt like the actors were lore dumping on us, but getting the details a little off and that can kind of throw things. And so I almost wish the like, there was a whole like subplot uh, uh, that was sort of soap opera-ish that didn't really seem to have an impact on what we were doing. And I kind of just wonder why that's there because then people just start red herring or herringing and, and get lost in what the story is. Kind of like when people and listen I think, to my voice and get lost. <laughs> and and kind of more to the your point too, is I think he may have gotten something wrong and then it, it seemed like that character was untrustworthy now too which may have affected some of the kind of situations that people were like aiming for later. And I think it's, that was kind of actually a running thing. Not that people were kind of maybe mistakenly getting the information wrong, but that they were clearly blocking like until the next vote, like they won't tell you anything about this and then they'll spill about it. But it's like, you can kind of cotton on to some of these things that are, are maybe happening, but they won't, even if you figure it out based on what's in the game and the section you're in, they won't necessarily, let you act on it until it's like been re- like a big reveal. So it felt a little weird to have some of that kind of blockading in there. Yeah. Yeah. That's that I think is the the disadvantage to having that kind of act structure. If you're going to have you know, the ability for folks to kind of jump ahead or improv around it. That being said, did you have fun? Yeah, I, I actually, I did like, we're kind of, it seems like we're maybe a little critical of it, but I had, it was, it was 20 bucks. It was like an hour, 15, hour and a half. And I had, I had fun through the whole thing. Like I've always kind of been a little like hesitant about some of these remote shows. And this one did feel like it captured some of that immersive flavor. Cause you could go talk to people in the audience. You could talk to the actors, you could kind of explore the set, so to speak. Um, yeah. And get some of that feel. And it was like, Oh, this is, this is fun. Like, and the platform works shockingly well for something they built just for this too. No. Yeah. Um, and to answer my own question, I too had fun. I, I would love to see this platform developed. I'd love to see scenarios, uh, tweaked on it. Like, I mean, God knows how much goes into developing the assets for this. Like I'm hoping maybe that they're, that they're building in, you know, unity or something where they can just like buy asset packs and like arrange things. And that's still like a significant amount of time. But I think there's something really here to this idea of, you know, um, you know, uh, online one shot blockbuster LARPs, you know, I, I, th- yeah. I think there's a thing to it. And, and I, yeah, and I'd be interested to see totally more keep this, making those. Yeah. What this crew does, does in the future thing kind of continue this, this thing because it was it was fun do they think of this as a larp or is it being presented as a as a narrative or a play or something else yeah i i, I think they they put the terms a little bit more in like the immersive game category uh <laughs> kevin so they, uh call they, up everything immersive and tell us what how they how yeah. they pitch this <laughs> <laughs> So they described it as an immersive space adventure dot, dot, dot online. Um, and I think they yeah. kind of stick with that immersive theater type thing. That's actually, that's all that's on the, their main site. Um, if you go to the ticketing site. Yeah. I, I would, I, I would say like they, they might, I mean, look, there's, there's all kind. So we do not spend any time building out characters. Like we don't have character. And so thus it does want to kind of like stepping 
away from LARP that way and into kind of the more immersive theatery sense. Like we have a role, but it's very a very simple role that's prescribed and thus it's easier to jump in. You don't have to build like a whole identity for yourself. Um, and indeed that would probably like throw things off and confuse everybody. But again, kind of like with, um, I think they could even lean a little bit towards that secret cinema version of it mm-hmm. where, and I, I, particularly because one of the questions is, you know, one option is jettisoning a quarter of the crew uh, who's in stasis. But you quickly find out that um, you won't be jettisoned if you make that choice. And it kind of doesn't matter that like, there's no factions to it. And I think that's actually a mistake because if we had factions and it was like, okay, yeah, we're going to jettison a quarter of the crew. That's one option. And then we get to vote on which quarter and, and a quarter of the people here are going to get jettisoned and may ne- and may not survive, right? Like that kind of stake building. Are um, you trying to, like, like, would you like something like Resistance or Avalon, like that sort of like werewolf type social deduction? Yeah, there's a social deduction. Like it's even pitched as being like, you know, mafia and werewolf is like part of the deal. But that didn't entirely come up. And I think that they could lean more in that social deduction like there's a little bit of it but you're mostly doing that with the actors and you don't, yeah because it you doesn't don't have a secret yeah it's almost like the crew because like the audience becomes one faction and the, the three other characters are their own separate factions is how it ended up splitting out i know that's like kind of intentional in the design or it's just because all the characters seem untrustworthy to some degree and everyone kind of banded together that way yeah, but I think yeah, and they I think they try and align you in the intro video to kind of like one character, and I, it doesn't work that well. I mean, immediately yeah. come off as like, um, you're lying <laughs> to me. I'm gonna go do something else. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that totally is true. And, and so the, again, like it's 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 fun. It's twenty bucks. Uh, it's it's totally worth it. I think that they can iterate on this. I think there's a lot of ideas in there and they could pair back. I think there's things they could lean more into and make something that was really sharp and really dynamic. Uh, and, and maybe even something that could, um, you know, um, take less, take less control on their part, if you will, like less interference and something more that they can like toss mm-hmm. to the audience to, to be more like a werewolf and a mafia situation. Or that would be one permutation of this kind of. Yeah, and I think the the voting would almost allow that too. Like you can they can play with that mechanic. And I, for a first for a first round out, it's like I, there's a lot of ideas here. I think they can they can work with and craft into something really cool as they like iterate on this this concept and probably get more players in actually playing the game and seeing what they do. Yeah, I mean, it sounds great. It sounds very interesting, and it, it's still running for another couple of weeks. Is that the? That's a that's a really good question. I know they had a pretty short run. I think they did a slight extension, but I don't think they're going to do a big extension. So it runs they... through the end of February. Okay. Um, we'll link it in the show notes. But there's a few. There's a show actually tonight. If you'd like to spend Valentine's Day on a um, no one's going to hear this until station. for a few more days. So. Damn it. <laughs> well, I'm hearing it. Maybe I want to spend Valentine's oh, yeah. Day on a ship. There we go. <laughs> one and then sale. Um, we got one sale down. <laughs> On Friday, Saturday, Sunday of 
the uh, sorry, that's February 18th, 19th, and 20th, and then the 26th and 27th. I'll have a few shows. So it's definitely running. I don't, it seems like it can take a lot of people. I don't know that it can really sell out, but it's got, it's 20 bucks. I had a lot of fun. I think Noah, you had fun too. Yeah. Um, and I would, I'd recommend it. Are you actually going to be writing about it on the site at all? Uh, yeah, I'll put a, I'm going to do a little capsule review. Uh, not, not a, not a big one, but, uh, the cap will go out in the review roundup this week, obviously positive with, uh, some of the notes. So people will have seen that by the time they hear that. So this will be kind of the more in-depth version of it. Right. Maybe I'll so, do a tease in the, in the rundown. There we go. So if you, if you've somehow not read the rundown, please go read that, um, for more Noah's or less of Noah's thoughts. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Cause what you uh, really want to do. <laughs> After I've rambled at you, is go read the summary Cliff Notes version so that you can yeah, tune man. out. Hey, for those of you tuned out, we're plugging the site. We're, yeah, we're exactly. getting the synergies. <laughs> so now we are going to jump to an in-person experience. Uh, back after being closed for almost two years is Punch Drunk Sleep No More. Yay. In case you're unfamiliar, this is a show based on Macbeth, draws heavily from Hitchcock. It is a sandbox style immersive show, covers five floors in a Chelsea warehouse, and it is a pillar of modern immersive theater. Um, we've probably talked about it a lot on here. I assume it comes up a lot on the No Presidium podcast. It comes up um, probably everywhere we talk about immersive because it is hugely influential in the space, and it is now back. So, Ed, you went in rev- uh, as a reviewer to the show, and Leah, you actually went as a civilian. So... Um, and my first question to you is, how did it feel to be back, and how is it different? I mean, it is uh, all the all the words that you've given it already, and more. Like, it really is such a staple part of the immersive scene, particularly here in New York. Uh, but it's been so influential for so many creators. Um, and to be back in the hotel, uh, because it is the McKittrick Hotel, uh, which you're invited to uh, to explore. It really is still. It has all the magic, all the mystique that it that it's always had. I mean, this show is a show which opened and was meant to. It was going to close after a few months, and then extended and extended, and we're now here ten years later. Um, it the show is fantastic. It from the sound design, the set design, the incredible performers. Um, it really is in so many ways um, the biggest influence I think on the immersive scene here in New York and for many um, outside of here. It's it's a special show. It's unique. It's not for everybody's taste. And um, there are a lot of shows who have been influenced and, and have taken uh, what they like and those who have seen them and, and perhaps gone in different ways. But as far as a, a sandbox where you really are invited to go and play and uh, explore this amazing space uh, with uh, incredible performers who never speak, the entire show is uh, dance and movement-based. Uh, it's it's a Hitchcock dream. It's it's from the 1940s, a soundtrack of amazing film scores. It's so hard to explain, but one which really has to be experienced uh, to be believed. And yeah, it's it's back. It's uh, almost too big to fail. I think is the is the term. But it, it's so <laughs> great that genuinely, this show is actually able to come back after um, such a hiatus. Uh, Leah, what did you think about it? I I felt like it was so good to be home. Um, now I remember the early days, uh, before the club car and Gala Green or any of that existed. And I remember walking into a show that it just felt like there was electricity in the air. Every time you walked in, walked into those two big wooden doors, um, you never knew what was going to happen. And I've loved sleep no more from the beginning. I would never, ever suggest that it was getting stale. 
ever. Um, <laughs> the performances are always top notch. But at some point over the last four years or so before the pandemic, I'd started noticing um, a few changes, changes that made sense for a show that was going on for a decade plus. But the candies and paisley sweets were being changed out from these sort of old time gumdrops and everything to wrapped butterscotches, little Mm. changes like that. Um, And it was interesting as somebody who loved the show to watch it change over time in a way that felt uh, much more operationalized. But my point with all of this is coming back to this refreshed show felt like somebody had done a hard reset uh, and it just brought all of the magic back for me. And it was different and it was interesting. So, so it felt good. It felt good. I think that like, that's a great um, way to summarize it. How many times have you been, Leah? What's your what's your number at this point? Uh, <laughs> I'm not cool enough to count, um, but I've also gone too many times that I, <laughs> that I, I don't know. I don't know. Exactly. Uh, let's say so, a dozen, twenty something. Right. Exactly. I, I'm in the same place. I, I'm I'm an awkward teen somewhere where it's like yes. probably too many times where I should be ashamed, but not enough where I should be proud of it. Um, the great thing for me, um, so the show actually officially opens tonight, Valentine's. I went last night uh, with Ali uh, Marotta, another uh, New York City correspondent. She's only been once, and that was many, many years ago. So uh, the two of us are going to be writing capsules um, and comparing um, our, our our views on the show as someone who is more experienced than someone who is not about how the show uh, presented itself. And I think that's going to be a really interesting thing to read. So uh, make sure you check out our capsule on that um, when you get a chance to. And so yeah, I want to go back to something. You mentioned Paisley Sweets, Paisley Sweets specifically, um, and how they'd started wrapping the candies in the last few years. How has that, has that specific sequence changed um, with, the COVID protocols. And I know I read an interview or an article about Simon where they talked about, they had changed the, the mask from its kind of age old style to accommodate more COVID protocols. And what else is kind of different about the show in terms of, in terms of that? So when I, I went down for a matinee and then for an evening show and I was driving down from new England and the whole time I was worried a little bit that, um, that I'd be losing something, some of the freedom that comes uh, that I'm used to in, in the audience at Sleep No More. But the stuff they did for safety <laughs> it was just so clever. Uh, like you say, the masks, which usually have a bit of a, a long duck bill in front, uh, have been replaced by something a little more Venetian. So it covers the nose, but not the mouth, which makes, play, makes room for uh, a KN95 mask that they provide for you. <laughs> the effect, because they won't let you wear your own mask in, you have to wear a mask that they provide, is almost identical to the masks we're used to seeing. So you, you get the duck bill, but in a different direction. Um, the black masks, who are the stewards within the show, the people who stop you from going in, into doors you're not supposed to go into and such, uh, have the same situation. They've got their black KN95 and their black mask going on. Uh, and overall, it just felt very, it felt like, I, I was aware that they'd made a number of changes, but it didn't feel like 
the external world was coming into the show, if that makes sense. Right. And, and I mean, yeah. this was a show which I think once COVID really hit, this was a show I think so many of us feared that that's it, like it's never coming back. Mm -hmm. And the team have obviously taken time and uh, discussed with people how to make it work. They have on-site testing or around the corner testing for people who haven't, you have to present vaccine, you have to present all of the tests, all that sort of stuff within 48 hours. Um, so like say, both, the, right? Like not just one. I was one, surprised but, by that. Yeah. But both. it was, it's, yeah. it's uh, both. vaccinated and a negative test. Like that's a... That's a high standard uh, compared really to, is. say, like, you know, the Super Bowl or whatever freaking was happening. <laughs> right, right. Which is this whole other other interesting problem. Um, the KN95s, like like you say, Leah, like, they're provided for us. It's very interesting. And I think for anybody who's not seen the show, like, like we're saying, they did have masks before. They, they, were, they, were had, they had masks before. It was cool to have masks. Um, <laughs> but now for me, it's interesting you say that because we're very protected in, in that we have this. For me, one of the beautiful things in the past was the first mask, which just covered the top of the face, really, you still had this sense of anonymity, but you could see other audience members' uh, facial reactions to an extent. You could see the open mouths, you could see the smiles, you could see the, I'm totally freaked out. Whereas here, when that was taken away, I, for me, I felt like we were even more anonymous, even more like the spectral figures. And it almost, the, the effect of the KN95 and the mask almost made it look even more like a skull than the uh, the duckbill. So for me, mm. I, I'm really appreciative of it. it I, I would say, if I'm being picky about my personal experience, it took away something that I was now, when I looked around to see, I wasn't seeing anonymous people. I was just seeing anonymity completely, if that makes sense. Um, but the, it's it's a smartly produced show, and they've done a really good job of making sure that everybody is covered, everybody is protected. I do still feel for the performers. Um, obviously, I'm sure they are doing hundreds of tests and all that sort of stuff every week. It is still Sleep No More. And so if you've ever been, you know that it is a crowded space, and people are so in love with the show and in love with the performers and everything that's going on. People are chasing up and down stairs, which is harder in a KN95, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, but there's still the crowding around, and this it's definitely an interesting position where they're in because it's all about small details. So there's no big acting. It's all uh, someone's writing a love note or someone's it's a glance, and people are all around the performers. Um, so it, it's something which I think they've done the best they possibly can as far as COVID protocols and things. I still felt at moments, I was surprised how many people there were. And having not been in a situation where I've been surrounded by so many people, um, it was a, there were a couple of moments where I just found myself having to just to like check out for a moment, and just like move back and not investigate as I might have done in the past. But like I say, I think the, the protocols that they've done are industry leading as far as um, protection for audience and for the crew involved, which it, it deserves a, a lot of uh, a lot of praise for that. Now, now, I, I, I stepped away for a quick uh, second uh, earlier, but I just, I just want to check on something. I don't know if you guys have mentioned it yet or not. Uh, are the performers masked? No. Right. Which also no, may make sense not. why they're going for like the full negative test as well as um, vaccination, because if the performers mm -hmm. have to run around. You know, you want to you want to do everything you can to keep them protected, since they're the ones now, getting exposed daily. To, in addition to all of that, we um, I don't know about you, Ed, but there were certainly fewer people in the audience when I attended, uh, and the black masks were making a lot more space for for the physical performances. So in the past, you could go and you could really put yourself in in in. Um, 
what is it? The, the, the personal bubble of harm's way. Harm's way, right? <laughs> I get kicked in the head sometimes. Well, <laughs> lean in while they're while they're doing spins and kicking. You know, like well, you try could, try and, and stop someone was, in a fight scene. You know, just the normal stuff that happens at uh, Sleep No More. But but listen, that's exactly right. Is that's how it how it had evolved. So you know, four years ago, you'd go and people were very aggressive about getting into the performer spaces, and. I've got to assume this is a COVID protocol, but the black masks were creating so much space in some of these performances that we were all 15 feet away. Um, most people were. And it was incredible to watch these dances that I'm used to seeing just bits and pieces of on a larger scale. And it felt, to me at least, it felt much more intimate. Um, because I, we that contradiction's that the, interesting, oh, right? That it, it lets you like... You're almost further away and like at more of a remove, but it made it more intimate. Well, it did. And it felt, it felt to me like all of, so I recognized a few faces in the audience um, as we were going into the show, a few hardcore kids that I'm acquainted with of um, people who've been, you know, just dozens and dozens of times. So we had a bunch of, of old school sleep no more people and fans. And we had a few new people in our, in our audience that evening and it just felt like everyone had been put on an, a, a, an even playing field again. So mm. nobody was trying to put themselves in the way of a one-on-one and nobody was rushing around trying to see X, Y, or Z. Instead, we were all there just experiencing it with a beginner's mindset that was just so beautiful. And in fact, just to jump on that, the whole concept of the one-on-one has changed within the show. Uh, for those who aren't experienced with the show, this is really where the term one-on-one uh has come from where there's secret moments and a select audience member might be selected for a one-on-one performance with a with an actor and certainly for, for me in the show i was at um they are no longer exist in the same format that they did there were a couple of moments where i recognized that performers were performing the same one-on-one interactions but this time in a um, general audience space. They still had a moment of uh, locked eye interaction with a certain audience member, but it was done in a space altogether. There's no, the masks stay on 100% the whole night. Um, and so that that was really interesting to see. Um, it did make me question perhaps, like, why is it that suddenly this audience member can see this person um, where that, that doesn't happen any other time? Um, so there's a little question of that, but it was still beautiful. Uh, for me, I was really fortunate in that right at the end of the show, I was um, accompanied down to the final uh, reveal, for those who know what happens at the end. Um, I was next to one of the performers, and the performer uh, had some interaction with me, which was as simple as a handhold and, and an arm around my shoulder. And because there had been no physical interaction at all for the show, and because that had gone, it moved me in a way I was so surprised by, and it was very, very subtle. Um, it was very interesting that having had the such a famous part of the interaction, the one-on-one taken away, there is a, there are, there's new expressions of it within the show, um, which I think is really interesting to see how they've adapted that. I think it speaks to what Leo was, was talking about earlier. How it's kind of they've like taken some creativities to to kind of work around COVID and and the restrictions that are, are present there, and they've found new ways to make the show kind of interesting and feel alive, even if you've been a a lot of times, whether that's kind of in the in the teens or in the the twenties or more, so that's that's great. To and hear. one of the things that they've finally done, which I applaud them for wholeheartedly, is they have taken away your phones 
um, in yes, the same yes, in the yes. same way as Secret Cinema have for a couple of years now. When you arrive, your phone they ask you to bring out your phone and you put it in a pouch. Uh, you keep the pouch with you at all times, but the pouch is locked. Um, so you cannot get it out unless you go back to the bar and they'll unlock it for you. Um, now, does this cause issues? It, that's, that's a question. But as far as for me as an audience member, suddenly there's no one on their phone when they're bored. There's no one suddenly on Instagram in the middle of this in- amazing scene. And like it's always felt so hurtful and disrespectful when there are there's an amazing story going on all around you there are performers who are like world-class dancers and movers who are suddenly like less important than a notification um so Ed, it, when you say I, when so you say pleased. this causes some problems were, were there people who were whining about it or or just what do you mean i mean like- i one or two people, but again, I think it's this is different about the people who are listening to this podcast who have a love and, and desire for immersive, uh, as opposed to some people who maybe not so. And that's one of the beauties of Sleep the More is that it has become the gateway for so many people. Um, mm. The fact that there's no dialogue means that it is accessible to all languages. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like with the phone, huge the, audience for it. The phone pouch thing, you know, that's something that happens at all kinds of events. You know, like it's not, I mean, there's a whole sub industry of those phone pouches. You know what though, they haven't, they haven't quite gotten the the mechanics of this one down. It creates a bit of a bottleneck uh, yeah. at the top and bottom of the show. So a uh, hot tip, if you're going, just bring a bag and check your phone and coat check. It'll be a lot faster for you. Absolutely. My, my question is only, um, like I know that people who need phones in ways that are not necessary for tinder or whatever else who have uh, emergency things there are still mechanisms so you can get the phones i'm sure but for me as an audience member it was it was a beautiful game changer that suddenly i wasn't going to be spoiled by a shining blue light out of the corner of my eye yeah i i also i have very little sympathy like if you're a doctor on call or if you've got like someone who's ill or, or sick that you've got to take care of or like children like that's that's it <laughs> you know everyone else is like no get the fuck off your phones right <laughs> you like, a couple hours, be, just relax and be immersed and yeah feel it, like just and the same is true like i mean i feel that way about concerts like there was a concert series here in la that was um you know where they would have us check our phones and i loved it you know yeah uh well, and, even and, even and I, arcane did it and mm-hmm. so i went with someone who hadn't been to immersive thing in a while and he was like I didn't realize why they're doing it at first. And it's like, things like by the end, it's like, no one was playing on their phone. Like no one was like messing around and I had to see the light and like kind of come out of it. And I think, especially for people who are probably newer to it, um, it feels, it helps them, them kind of get into an immersive show where they might normally have that kind of distance and separation where you don't even have to like now think about your phone is in your pocket. Like, is it going to ring? Do I need to check it? Like, for so many people, it's been a, it's like become a watch, or it's how you check your time, and and with that removed from you, it it forces you back into the show. I think in in some great ways. Yeah, I also think we're like we're all kind of tired of it. Uh, in the chat, Leah is uh, asking if we can talk about intro slash onboarding, and I think the answer is yes. What's up with it? Oh, yes. Have uh, they finally done something with know. that like all black hallway that like had nothing in it that would give you any sense of what you were walking into? That was shut, my you issue. shut your face. Do not disrespect the black hallway. I love that thing. <laughs> I think it's a perfect opportunity uh, for, for them to have some portraits out so you could at least be able to figure out who's who as you're walking in. But that's just me. Uh, <laughs> nah, 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 nah. They haven't touched that part. Uh, but I'm curious, Ed, what was your onboarding like? 
Um, so my onboarding, um, again, I was privileged to be part of the press crew. Um, it also meant that the Friends of Oz uh, is the term for the, the people who, who are willing to splash a little bit of extra cash uh, for the show. So I was given a, a gold rope uh, fabric to wear around my neck the whole time, which felt a little scarlet letter or something. Um, so people could see I was important. Um, but I was given that. But once we got through, um, it used to be there was an elevator uh, well, not an elevator pitch, but an elevator ride, um, which was really interesting for us here. It was actually, it took place uh, in an open space and one of the performers was there and welcomed us in a, a very beautiful monologue, which was almost quite meta about welcome back and so glad to be here and, and mm. new changing times and all that. And we were let in uh, through a different manner, which, uh, what, what happened for you? What happened for you? That was more or less what I experienced. Um, I, I don't know. I, like I said, we had uh, a very small audience for my for my evening, uh, but I was led into the same space. And that little that that speech, that onboarding speech that Ed was talking about there, uh, it's takes place in this room, this red room. Uh, and I was just immediately transported to Twin Peaks. It was extremely eerie and strange mm. for me in this space that I thought I recognized. Uh, and it was just me and maybe one other audience member. Uh, oh wow! Being spoken to, it was really phenomenal. Um, so, so just just to be clear, the my memory of things were back in the day. You would go to, and, and, and for anyone who wants to like zero out, like you know, consider this a spoiler tag probably for the next like three minutes. So skip ahead, skip ahead. Three I was minutes. actually going to say let's make it let's make it a longer spoiler tag because I, I want to get into some of the scenes okay. that uh, we just haven't talked about. Sleep no more in a while. It's a fun show right. to we'll, talk we'll about just, in like, yeah. We will, we've, we've, yeah, because we've got, we've got like another 10 minutes to go. So from yeah. here on out, it's going to be pure spoilers to the end of the show. Uh, Everyone dies. Go. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Was that long enough? Snape but also, we weren't, there. we weren't fully the spoilers yet. So way to go, Ed. Uh, okay. So back in the day, you would, you'd get loaded into the bar, into, into Manderley. And then you'd have your, there'd be entertainment going on, a chance to get drinks, a chance to get a shot of absinthe. Uh, you're waiting around for your your number to be called, your card to be called, and then uh, you. My experience of it was there was a little vestibule near the elevators. You were given the "keep your mouth shut, keep your mask on" speech, and then most of the time you were put into the elevator and then dropped off at various floors. And then some unlucky people, like myself, one time, if they were trying to get enough people through, were just sent into the stairwells and it's like, "Congratulations, stairs begin now." The other thing about the elevators was um, certain times of the night, there was a secret floor that one lucky person might get shoved out onto uh, and go have a very uh, intense experience for uh, a little bit of time before being released back into Gen Pop. So you mentioned this Red Room, uh, Black Lodge, fantastic, love the vibes. Um, But how much of that Manderlay to getting into this space and are the, or is the elevator completely gone slash just reserved for those people who need the elevator now? No, that's kind of a mobility everything issue Everything you described is still there. Okay. Uh, and the speech and the masks, that all happens in the strange vestibule. The red room is added on to the beginning of this entire experience. And this is So even before where- you hit Manderlay? Yes, this is oh, pre-Manderlay, wow. uh, and it's a space that I think of as the transition point from real world into the show, and it yeah. really sets the scene, it sets the tone, 
And the difference between what it is now and what it used to be is you really don't spend a lot of time hanging out in Mandalay now. You, you know, you might walk through, but they pretty much yeah. rush you straight through. They are mm. very keen to keep Mandalay clear, um, mm. particularly particularly at the beginning. Um, again, it might have been, it's all about timing, where you are on the line, right? I, it may have just been the way I was. We were barely there for, for a moment. And at the end of the night, traditionally, uh, it's been a space where there's performances and people hang out for an hour or two. Uh, certainly last night, they were very keen for us to to have a drink and then and be on our way. Um, wow. Whether that's a COVID protocol or whether that was just a it's the last night of previews protocol, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but that, I was aware of that. And again, that was the only time anybody didn't have a mask on uh, was when, when they were in the bar. Um, yeah. For me, yeah, the, the elevator didn't exist. So I'm not sure, again, was it just my bad luck? Uh, I really miss the elevator. Um, I think there's something beautiful about the fact that that, element of danger is is implemented straight away where someone gets off the elevator and not, not everybody else gets off you get shoved off you get shoved off right like <laughs> that, moment, that moment tells you like this show is dangerous in in yeah. a beautiful sexy way right and let's and, and let's, and let's quote it, our own danger right it's like it's like it's right, not actually yeah. dangerous but you just you're going to get surprised you don't know what happens it, yes because it creates such an element you. of like uncertainty of like where'd my mm-hmm. friend go why where yeah. am I going? <laughs> yeah. Where, whereas for us last night, it was down the stairs you go, which was fine. It, it was fine. But again, I, I don't know whether that was a, my timing or a, a preview. Leah, did you or have an COVID. elevator? I did. I had an elevator. Okay. It was the same experience Great. for me that I've cool. experienced many times before. I have a complaint, though. I always get let off in the same space. And it's oh. always into a little dark oh. hallway. And I'm oh. just like praying for that sixth floor someday <laughs> i mean if nothing else you could just you could just be like all oh, anything but the third please you know yeah. <laughs> just be like, oh, but, but you can't talk right you know <laughs> that's when right well, like, this show is hell this show is hell for somebody with with zero sense of direction so i couldn't tell you which floor it is it's always just the same floor though but yeah. <laughs> one of the interesting things was all of the spaces seemed very similar um i wasn't aware that there were huge touch-ups or huge anything um, again, the, the space is so dark. It's designed that way. It's designed to be such mm-hmm. a, a mysterious place. So, I'm sure there has been touchups. Easier on the they upkeep. Have, have done stuff, but exactly. <laughs> it, it's if you keep the room dark, it doesn't matter that the floor is all sticky. Um, but you, so, so that was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. So, did anyone did anyone go to the to the to the rave? Yes, absolutely. Okay, okay. And, <laughs> so and totally that's what I was going to ask. Is yeah, are all our favorites yeah. there? <laughs> well is everything yes, what, some... what yeah. sequences did you see like this time they were like oh that one that one stood out or maybe it didn't stand out before that's just like it's a favorite like the rave where everyone has to hit it because it's the rave which I which i want to point out i did not know the rave existed the first time i went and i didn't get to see it huh. and so like i made a point of like of making sure i saw it the second time i saw it like my first my yeah. first trip through sleep to more was a big letdown and my second trip <laughs> was substantially better. And all of that had to do with the fact that um, for my second trip, I decided that my second rotation was going to be following the bald witch. Best choice I've ever mm. made in an immersive straight up. My my <laughs> best show at Sleep No More was also following bald witch. Good luck, Charm. Hey. Huh. Mine's the, the tip, porter. Everyone. The very, mine was the porter. That was, that was my, my boy. So uh, if you go, if you go, I would say check out the Macduffs. I think they do some really beautiful work, and I think that there's an additional dance. For a second, I thought you said the Macducks, 
and I got really confused. I was like, wow. the McDucks are in this now? <laughs> that is, wow. That's the crossover we need. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Disney. Disney. I, didn't, I didn't think we were saving that for the end. That Quack no more. The show is vastly strange. Oh, that's it. If, if the Star Cruiser doesn't work out, this is yeah. what it will be. It'll yeah, be just a Quack no more. Quack no more. Love it. Love it. I wish, unfortunately, we're in the spoiler territory, so we cannot name this episode Quack no more. So, oh. Yeah, we can. <laughs> <laughs> that makes no makes no sense out of context. We'll be fine. All right, can you talk about the McDuffs, though, please? Yeah. <laughs> please. Uh, there's not much more I want to say. I, I, there's the beautiful dance in the sitting room is still there, but I believe they've added something that at least I'd never seen before. Um, some prayers and dancing on top mm. of cabinetry. That, yeah and i'm sorry like I'm, had... I'm stuck on this quack no more thing like <laughs> we like we need to, here's here's the class assignment uh and we'll do a special reconvening of ourselves at some later date uh we must go through the disney uh afternoon lineup and cast sleep no more with, <laughs> with <laughs> out, of, out of the performers from the disney afternoon lineup so I mean, can we just ask for the fan art now like can people start that's, doing that's the, the goal is to get to the fan art us? right so you've got oh, you've got this you got you can play with DuckTales and Tailspin and uh Darkwing, Darkwing Duck, Duck and uh Chip you know and Chip and Rescue Rangers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and just just for completion's sake, we can throw in gummy bears. Uh basically uh, anything that was referenced yeah. in the in the twenty eighteen DuckTales reboot in terms of characters is fair game to cast in uh here in Sleep No More. Punch Drunk Disney co- collab. It's, it's going to happen. Make it happen. All right. Sorry. Continue. Well, so dancing on slightly, chairs and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> to get us slightly back on track, I went into the show with very open feelings because I hadn't, obviously, I've not seen it for two years and so many others. So it was, like you say, a hard reset, but really it was a hard reset on me. So rather than, uh, I think it was sort of like, it became, I had played the main game, right? And now I was looking for the side quests, right? I'd done all of Red Dead Redemption and now I'm going to go and look after the Jimmy and his dog or whatever, right? And it's side quest, side quest, like I'm trying to find this happen. I'm trying to follow this person. This time around, having been away from the space for two years, I allowed myself just to go, you know what? I, I don't need to quest it. I can just enjoy it, which was a huge revelation and just gave myself freedom to, I'm going to explore this room. And oh, something amazing is happening here. I followed one character for like a whole loop, but then there were other loops where I was like, this looks fun. This looks fun. And that was really beautiful. And that's a, that's a side effect of the pandemic and us being able to come back to the space is being able to refresh ourselves as audience members, which I think is, uh, is really beautiful. What, what character did you follow? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I followed a nurse and she was brilliant. Oh, okay. The entire night she was fantastic nice. i did something that i've never done before at sleep no more too i sat myself down in the box overlooking the ballroom and i stayed there for a whole cycle mostly listening mm. to the soundtrack oh it was amazing <laughs> I, i've always want i've always wanted to be brave enough to do that like i would love just to do that that's so this cool. this remains the genius of this production is that there's multiple ways to explore it there's the sit yourself down and not only that but because you get three rotations a show you're encouraged to right you can take chances you can either stick to someone or you can just a b every room that you're in you can sit down somewhere for a long time and get such radically different experiences and the 
the grand disappointment of the last 10 years of immersive and granted it's this is it's at a big scale it's not easy like this is asking a lot on one level is that no one's tried to like go for that formula and i think the critical thing about that formula is the loop and the idea that yes you're going to see it more than once and that loop is going to encourage you to explore and and to create a density of material and it is really hard it is really hard to know i would have to say like to find a way to make the time loop part of the show without it feeling like oh i'm we're just doing what sleep no more did i think is very tricky it's Mm -hmm. doable um and i mean there's so much media going on right now video games and film which are all about time loops i think like we're kind of obsessed with this idea Mm-hmm. It is, it's definitely a difficult thing to implement, but it, it has so much potential, like you say, so much richness to it. I, and look, okay, you I know, want to share. Mm-hmm, go for it. This is this is a this is a free idea. So I want to see a show that uh, runs forward and then in reverse. Do that twice. So done. Oh. It's already it's already something new. Yeah, I I, I do think that just like the it, it's it's funny as I watch companies and look. You know, I, I haven't done Drowned Man, so I don't know if that thing runs on a loop. I don't know if Burnt City's going to run on a loop. I don't know if, like, a loop I, is I believe they be. all do. Yeah. So, like, there's a bit of, like, oh, Punch Drunk does a loop, you know? Like, there, there's something to that, right? But I got to say, like, it's it's a – in some ways, it may be, like, the fundamental feature, you know, the thing, the, the thing that makes this stuff really, really, really sing. Um, I, I think – we, I, mean, I think we could go on for another two hours about sleep no more pretty easily, but we do need to wrap up. I think the the one other thing I think is probably too that no other no other immersive show is on this scale. It's hard to nothing's this big, and I think that's part of what makes sleep no more feel so grand is because it it is it's it's a humongous show in terms of the sheer size of the thing, but also the tracks and the cast and all these other pieces. And that's what, that's kind of what makes it what it is on, on some Which level have too. all for the most part stayed intact. And like you say, I think the fact that they managed to get this giant Titanic of a show back up on its feet after two years is, is huge. And it took more time than some of the other shows because it's so big, but it's, it's there. It has the infrastructure. It still has the audience of clamoring fans who are ready and willing and can't wait to experience the magic. So the fact that it is back, I think, is huge for New York City theater. It's huge for New York City immersive. I think it's huge for um, immersive worldwide. So if you haven't seen the show, come on by. Any of us New York people would love to host you and like chat you through it. But um, yeah, Sleep No More is back, and it is, it is great. And is check great. out the site for more of Ed and Ali's thoughts on the uh, rebooted Sleep No More. And that is it for today's show. So... As always, No Percentium is a labor of love. Everyone on staff, who you hear on podcasts and read on the site, are volunteers. You can help support this work by donating to the No Percentium Patreon. Just even $2 or $5 a month helps a lot. If you're enjoying Review Crew or the no, regular No Percentium podcast, you can also support us by leaving a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, signing off for the crew, this is Kevin Gossett, and thank you. <laughs>